G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. With the recent release of the new film called Unplanned in the United States and the unexpected box office success of the film, many have been asking, when is it coming to Australia? Well, the film explores Abby Johnson's journey from Planned Parenthood Clinic director to pro-life advocate. Her compelling story is an emotional roller coaster for many women and men whose lives have been touched by abortion. Some special guests joining us in a conversation today around this film called Unplanned and the potential for widespread screenings in Australia. There's three guests who are joining us. Uh, the first guest I'll introduce is a US pastor. Lorraine Varela, who's just landed in Australia. She's the author of a healing devotional called Planned from the Start, dealing with the emotional turmoil often faced following abortion. And uh, Lorraine is joining us from Sydney today. Hello, Lorraine. Welcome along. Hello. How are you today? So good to have you have, have me on your show. <laughs> Lorraine, welcome along. We'll come back to you in just a few moments. Another guest in the studio is Christy Johnston from Brisbane. She and her husband have an online ministry called Everyday Revivalists. Nate and Christy, they met the producers and are friends with some of the actors and actresses in the movie. Special welcome along to you, Christy. Thank you. So good to be here. And Dave Pello, who's not a complete stranger to us, Christian activist and founder of the Church and State Summits. Dave, welcome along, Dave. Thank you very much, Neil. A very special episode today. It is. And uh, I want to point listeners to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio, because on the post that is on our Facebook page today, you can see a preview, a trailer for the movie we're talking about, and you're invited to participate by leaving a comment or a question on that Facebook post. Dave, let me just start with you for a moment, because we are a week out from a federal election in Australia, and ordinarily the abortion issue is a state election issue, but it's become a federal issue for this particular election. Unusual, but it's here, and it's here in a significant way. Give us a little rundown as to why people need to be very, very conscious that there are some important elements to be mindful of in this election. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, very, very... I think it's the most important election issue, personally, at at this coming election, and uh, the primary filter we should be deciding which candidates we will support um, and I distinguish between candidates and parties because that's who we vote for. They're, the names on our ballots are candidates. And so uh, I encourage and, and teach people, ask your candidates um, because not only is your vote important, but your voice is important. Uh, and if you ask your candidates, will they vote against abortion when it comes up in the next federal parliament, you'll get a really good guide on who the people are who are best qualified to represent God's kind of justice in the next federal parliament. And, and that's really important. And 
The reason this will come up in the next federal parliament is because the deputy leader of the Labor Party, Tanya Plibersek, a member of Emily's List, a pro-abortion um, American lobby group here in Australia, um, has introduced um, a campaign policy for this election whereby, if elected, the Labor government is promising to make sure that every abortion in Australia is completely taxpayer-funded. That's something that you and I will have to pay for with our tax dollars. Not only that, but they will uh, withhold health funding from any state government that has public hospitals which do not provide abortions. So they will make sure that they will override state health policy and law uh, to to make sure abortions are wide. Now, in New South Wales at the moment, um, abortion is in the criminal code, and there are still plenty of abortions that are happening, loads and loads and loads, and, and almost nobody is prosecuted. Um, to my knowledge, nobody has ever been prosecuted for it. However, um, the federal government, with Labor's policy, are taking it upon themselves to dictate what New South Wales' state laws must be. They also want laws changed in South Australia. They also want to make the RU486 so-called abortion pill um, also completely taxpayer-subsidised. And they're also going to build a brand-new abortion facility in Tasmania where there are no abortion facilities currently. So this is the policy that um, the Labor government thinks should help them win an election. And uh, I think that uh, this is the kind of policy that breaks God's heart. Okay, there's some important factors here. While you're identifying the Labor Party platform as supporting this idea of funding abortions in public hospitals with our taxpayer money. Uh, it goes beyond that because there are people on all sides who will be pro-abortion. And uh, I know you encourage, Dave, mm. that people, when you're being you know, door-knocked uh, in the lead-up to the election and people are standing at your front door saying, what would you like to talk to me about? You should ask the question about abortion. Absolutely. In fact, um, whether they come to you or, or don't, be proactive and go to them. I've got a list of every candidate in Australia on my website, um, and I suggest that you do some basic research, take half an hour out of your day and write them an email and ask them. Sim don't wait for them. to. Most of them can't get to every door in the electorate. So, I mean, if they do, definitely have the conversation, but have those conversations. Now, in my electorate, I've had that with uh, the Clive Palmer candidate, the Labor candidate, the the LNP candidate, and the Greens candidate, um, and they've answered in ways that will help me choose which is the person uh, who will best represent God's kind of justice in the next government. DavePello.com, and we'll mention that website where you can get those resources uh, as we go with our conversation. Uh, let's bring Lorraine into our conversation. Lorraine, you're in Sydney, you've just arrived, and uh, you're here in Australia because you want to raise some awareness of the idea that there is a grassroots movement that is growing in the US and indeed around the world, and this film, Unplanned, is a great way to draw people's attention to the importance of this issue. Uh, tell us about uh, what's been happening in the U.S. with you. Well, the, the movie has just taken America over um, by storm because it's a true story of a woman's journey from pro-choice activist to pro-life advocate. And you can't argue with a true story. And um, so we've had some challenges in getting the word out in the U.S. But I'm telling you the reason that I'm here in Australia today is because we've heard such an outpouring of interest from Australians um, who want to have this 
this film in their country, and we couldn't say no. It was really the loud voices that brought us here as one of the first nations to reach with this film. And you're the author of the book that I mentioned in the introduction that is like a healing devotional called Planned from the Start. And your book is it's aligned with this film. And no doubt people are taking it up in a significant way. Give us some insights into the sort of traumatic things that people are discovering when they see a film like Unplanned that they recognize they need some help and they need some support for. Yes, well, just some context. My husband and I, we were pastors on set during the filming of Unplanned. And what we saw happen on set was that this film has the anointing to lift the, the, to lift off shame off of people that yeah. have gone through abortion in their past. And so story after story was unfolding while we were on set, so much so that when we came back from filming, the directors, Carrie Solomon and Chuck Consulman, asked me to write this healing devotional because they knew this film would have that power to unleash things in people, and they didn't want to leave them in a place of hurt and, and shame. So they invited me to write this book, and the name of the film is Unplanned, but that somewhat has a negative connotation. And what I found is... Um, and talking with people who'd undergone abortion, that they felt that they had been disconnected from God's purposes um, and what He had planned for them from the beginning of time. And so this is a book that reconnects God's heart to individuals by removing the grief and replacing it with joy, by covering their guilt with His forgiveness and grace for um, just those areas that caused pain and bringing comfort and hope. Lorraine, from what I understand, Abby Johnson spent time on the set at the filming. Uh, did you have contact with her? Yes, she did. She came several times onto set. In fact, she almost had a cameo role in the film, but we ran out of filming time that day, and so she wasn't able to make it into the final cut, which is unfortunate. That would have been really fun. But yeah, it was just such a joy to have Abby on set. She radiated um, the peace of God. And I wasn't expecting that when I met her for the first time. So it was really significant. Um, it was a very emotional day when she came on the first day. We'll talk some more about the film. But you're in Australia. You've just arrived. And there is an event on in Sydney. As I understand, that's tonight. Uh, what's happening in Sydney tonight that you're a part of, Lorraine? We're, we're screening the film Unplanned for key leaders in, um, in church and government in business, um, those that are key influencers within your nation, so that they can have a, a first look at the film and then go ahead and share that with their communities. Okay. And uh, Dave Pello, there's another screening in Brisbane on Wednesday night next week. Is that, uh, that still all going ahead? There's uh, two events um, Wednesday next week in uh, the south of Brisbane. Uh, the afternoon session starting at four o'clock is again for key leaders, people with large platforms who will be able to really promote the movie. We're giving them an exclusive preview, not available to the public. However, there is a treat for the public right afterwards at 6.30 p.m., and that is uh, Lorraine and her husband Gabriel are going to be coming up to Brisbane, and we're going to I'm going to interview them live for the uh, the Pillow Talk Show podcast YouTube channel. Um, but people are invited to be part of a live audience for that interview recording, and then they'll actually be able to participate in the interview with uh, a questions and answer time. And 
that will be recorded and published for everybody around Australia to see as soon as possible. And Lorraine, while you're in Australia and an opportunity today to talk to people all around Australia about this idea of a grassroots movement and there is growing unrest, of course, about what's been happening with abortion in the US and uh, there's been some good support that's come from the Trump administration uh, turning some things around there. Uh, Grassroots movement in Australia, what are your hopes to see here? First of all, I hope just to raise the awareness. As we were coming in from the airport, we were talking with our taxi driver, who happens to be a Christian. We found that out very quickly. And we were speaking about Unplanned in the movie and and just about what was happening in Australia with abortion laws. And this gentleman, who loves the Lord with all his heart, had no idea of what was happening in Australia, where he lives. And we found the same thing in America. People just live with um, a closed idea of what's really taking place. They had no idea. In fact, when these laws were promoted in New York and in Virginia, and there was such an outcry, people didn't realize that in other states this is our, was already law on the books, and we were already mm-hmm. um, actively you know, promoting abortion up until the ninth month. And they, we just ha- we're just living this ignorance, and it's a time for ignorance to mm-hmm. end. Let's get really spiritual for a few moments and invite Christy Johnston into the conversation here because, Christy, your experience, you are a prayer intercessor. Uh, Some people don't always uh, know what all of that means, but you had a dramatic experience some years back, uh, and even with the Abby Johnston story, and uh, it drove you to your knees. Give us some insights about the spirituality that goes along with, as a Christian, uh, recognizing the heart of God and uh, where we're to be, uh, even as a calling, uh, to be addressing this sort of issue. Yeah, I feel like we, as the body of Christ, need to step up to the plate with this issue because this issue is on the heart of God. And nine years ago, my sister, I didn't get to tell you this before, Neil, but my sister was about to have an abortion. And the Lord um, had me begin to intercede for her and pray for her. And she ended up choosing life for her baby. Immediately after that, um, Abby Johnson released her book, Unplanned. And I remember reading that and just it literally, as you said, drove me to my knees. I went into three months of prayer, just crying and weeping as I recognized. It was like, you know, the Lord broke my heart for what breaks his. And I remember just reading the account of this abortion and what was taking place in this and I don't think many um, Australians realize what actually happens behind the scenes in an abortion clinic. And the Lord is wanting us to become aware to that and wake up to realizing what is happening in our own backyards, in our own neighborhoods. And you spend time and you have resources that encourage Christian believers on how they can pray more specifically into this whole issue. Yes, uh, we run like an online ministry um, and a lot of what I do, actually at the beginning of this year we had um, we called 50 Days of Prayer. I felt the Lord say call 50 Days um, of Intercession and Prayer and just guiding people of how to pray because it is an overwhelming issue. A lot of people are like, it's so overwhelming, I don't know how to deal with this. And so at the beginning of this year we started doing 50 Days of Prayer of specifically praying for f- the last 46 years of Roe v. Wade. Um, where that came into the United States 46 years ago. 
And I felt the Lord say that the next four years are going to be significant, that 50 marks, um, it's a spiritual significance of Jubilee. And I feel like the next four years and at the beginning of this year, the Lord actually said to me that we were going to see swift movement in the realm of pro-life and beginning to see justice upon this injustice. And that was when immediately January 22nd is when the New York laws came out and it's almost as if the whole world woke up to what is actually happening behind the scenes. So... A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Right around Australia, you're on Vision Christian Radio, and you can be a part of our conversation today, 1-800-316-316. Also leave a note, a question, a comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Three guests with us and talking about this new film called Unplanned. It's been launched in the US, but in Australia there is a growing grassroots that says, why aren't we having this film screened in cinemas across Australia because it has such a powerful and important message that people need to hear. Uh, Our guests this hour, Lorraine Varela. Uh, Lorraine is in Australia. She's a U.S. pastor. She was a pastor on the set of the filming of the movie Unplanned. Also, prayer intercessor Christy Johnston is in the studio with us and Dave Pello, Christian activist and founder of the Church and State Summits. Uh, Lorraine, let me just ask you about some of the challenges that were being faced in the U.S. with the screening of the movie because uh, a lot of opponents of a pro-life position, don't want to have a film like this get any sort of exposure at all. Give us some insights into what's happened in the U.S. with the challenges there. Yes, well, we had unusual challenges, to be sure. One of them was in Google, um, they categorized our film as propaganda. It was under the category of drama slash propaganda, but we also noticed that uh, the Hitler documentaries and films that that had actually been propaganda were just listed as history films. So I don't think that Google's ever ever deemed um, a film, a feature film, with, as prop- with a propaganda label before. So that was highly unusual. Um, another instance that happened is Twitter. On the open on our opening weekend, they shut down our Twitter account. So we had no way of means of communicating with our our followers. We lost every single follower that we had. And we were um, we were cut off from communication because they said that we had violated some some rules, and and then they came back a couple of days later. Oh, we made a mistake. Sorry, yeah, you're back on. But during that really critical time period, we had lost communication. Um, we had advertisers that refused to take our advertising, um, our advertising dollars, and that was both from secular media and and also just some some other um, media that we thought would be more family friendly chose not to to have our ads play on the radio stations or television stations. So it was very, very challenging, to say the least. And yet, when the film hit cinemas, it was a box office success. So this is why a grassroots movement is so necessary and so powerful. Uh, Give us your impressions of what was unfolding at that weekend when the film was launched and people were turning out in droves to see it. Well, I give a lot of credit to our team that was assembled that had worked so very hard behind the scenes to get the word out to um, parishes, to churches, to pro-life organizations, because really 
those were the people that drove the momentum forward. And I'd say the same thing for Australia. Those are the people that will drive the momentum forward and get the word out. In fact, we still had so many people afterwards that were part of the believing community that had never heard about Unplanted. And so we feel like we're riding a second wave in the United States right now. We're looking at doing some of the same type of launches that we did initially, just because so many people were left out, were unable to get the news and to hear about this film. And um, and we really feel the need that it it has to be it has to be shared it has to go out. Lorraine, if I mention words like relief when people see this film, or a recognition of Jesus the great healer, uh, when people see the film, what sort of emotional, uh, intellectual reaction are people coming? out of the cinema and the experience that they've had. Uh, How do you describe what people feel when they've seen the film? It's deeply stirring. I think, you know, people will respond in a variety of ways, but overall everybody would say that this is a deeply moving film and you don't go away untouched from seeing this. It's not a film that brings condemnation or shame. It's a film that actually does the reverse. It brings healing and forgiveness and reconnecting people to God's heart for them. So I'd say if you've had an abortion in your past, don't be afraid to go watch this film. It's not about condemning you. It's about bringing healing and also bringing light to the subject. You know, so much of what happens with abortion is done in darkness and secret. Many of the women have no idea, actually, what they experienced, even though they were the ones that laid on that table. And it's somewhat... um, is somewhat validating that the the things that they've experienced that other people have ex- have shared that same road that they have, um, and it's it's just it's just a movie that will bring um, an opening and awareness and like I said a lifting of shame so that healing can come forward. As you describe those women that have laid on the table, and I know that there'll be some listeners who either that's been their own experience or they know someone. Uh, who has been through that but there's the other side of the coin too it's those who are working in the abortion clinics and sometimes uh, in conversations that we have from a pro-life position we see those people almost as monsters and uh, almost monsters you know attacking an unborn baby but this story of Abby Johnson brings some level of relief also for people who work in that industry because as I understand it, and you can confirm this, more than a 100 abortionists have left the industry after watching the movie. Is that the case? Well, yes, there's been an outpouring of interest from people who work in the abortion industry. And Neil, I want to go back to one of your comments because nobody's well, very rarely does a person feel like they're the bad guy, <laughs> that they're doing something wrong. People believe very strongly in the causes they support. And that's what you see in this film. Abby believed in what she was doing in Planned Parenthood was for the good of women. She believed that she was helping actually to end abortion. She believed everything that Planned Parenthood told her. She, she accepted that company line completely. And so she said she was one of their best salespersons for abortion. And um, and so we we do want to just show the human element of people that work in abortion clinics are not monsters, but they do they they are working under a veil of deception. In fact, one of the persons that was on our set was a former abortion doctor who's in the first one of the first scenes. His name is Dr. Anthony Leventino, and he actually 
um, administered more than 1,200 abortions in his career as an abortion doctor. But um, it just shows you know, God took a hold of him and changed his heart. And so um, what he what the Lord did for Abby, he can do for anybody. So yes, Abby told us just recently that she's having between one and two ab- abortion workers, current abortion workers now reach out to her organization daily uh, for help and support in leaving the industry. Uh, wow. Let's talk about this grassroots strategy. And let me bring uh, Dave Pello back into the conversation here. Dave, uh, special screening tonight uh, for leaders, uh, for politicians, for people who are uh, able to get behind a grassroots strategy in a significant way in Sydney tonight. You mentioned there's two screenings in Brisbane next week. Uh, this grassroots movement, it has to start somewhere. And uh, I know you'll be a voice for that movement. Uh, give us some sort of idea about the sort of impression you have about whether people are ready at, at this point in Australia to jump on board and say, I'm going to stand up for this. Look, we'd really love to have the movie shown today, uh, especially before the federal election to help raise awareness of it. But I actually don't know that we are ready yet. We, Like uh, Lorraine was saying, there was heaps of Christians in America who who went and saw it in a second wave because they just hadn't heard about it. So the first thing we need to do is get everybody talking about it and ready to act absolutely flood to the cinemas the minute it's released because it will be an unpopular movie with opposition that the world and um, opposite agendas will try to stop. And so the thing we need to demonstrate right from day one, right from the first week, is that this is a, a movie that people want to see. It's a, a movie that's good for cinemas. So they need huge numbers in the box office. We need people to go three times and take ten friends every time. And and that way the market will actually say this is a good movie for business and and money talks in, in the world. So uh, then it gets to stay in the movies maybe for more than one week. Maybe it gets to stay in for a month and that means it reaches more people who need to see it. Lorraine, we've only got you for another couple of minutes. Uh, so far as people going to the cinema to be able to see a movie like this, were there all sorts of protests and things like that, or were people who wanted to see the unplanned movie really going, uh, you know, an element of, uh, you know, peace and safety? Uh, were, there, were there all sorts of protests outside cinemas at all in the U.S.? Not a single one that I heard of, but I'll tell you where the protest came from, and that came from the theater workers themselves. We had so many people come back to us and say that there was tampering of the film. Certain key scenes in the film were restricted from view, and um, people would come to the theater with their ticket in hand that they had bought online, only to be turned away and said, sorry, we're not showing that movie here at this time, and yet the movie would be on marquee and they'd say but you you have it right there and so well can i can i turn my ticket in for the next showing they say oh no we're not going to show it then either we have we're having technical difficulties this happened over and over and over so um that's where a lot of the opposition came in not from people that were protesting outside the theaters but from inside and of course those who rate films as i understand it the film was given an r rating in the u.s and that's because of some of the scenes Well, there were several abortion scenes, two in particular, there are only two, um, that the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association of America, deemed as inappropriate for individuals under the age of 18, which we thought was highly ironic, since many teenage girls go into abortion clinics without even the knowledge or permission of their parents to have an abortion, and yet they were 
prohibited from coming to see this film about what exactly takes place when they do enter into an abortion clinic. So um, the, what people don't realize is that the MPAA is made up of 10 individuals from Hollywood that are pretty much from Beverly Hills, and they're deciding what the what the rating should be for everybody else in the nation. And so that was one thing we were trying to bring to light. Are you going to let 10 Hollywood housewives Lorraine, determine whether or not this is a movie appropriate? I'll have to cut in because we're about to go to news, but I do want to take a moment to say thank you for making yourself available today to talk to our listeners yes. around Australia. And uh, growing a grassroots movement is going to be a, a very powerful thing when unplanned is to be screened in cinemas in communities around Australia. Lorraine, thank you so much for joining us today on 2020. Thank you so very much, Neil. Dave, uh, let's just uh, quickly, around the film screenings, because there are these special leaders screenings, and uh, we're talking to everyone who's an ordinary listener, potentially, around Australia. They're not going to be invited to go to those, although there might be some who are saying, I'm a leader, and how can I go to one of these screenings? Uh, Wednesday in Brisbane next week, there's more screenings in Thursday in Melbourne. Uh, they are restricted, but I'm sure that if you have the right credentials, you could still get to one of these leaders' screenings. How does all that work, Dave? Just uh, I know this is a little bit messy and complicated, and uh, there's not a single website you can get all the details, but give us some insights into how you could get to one of these. So the main strategy is to get uh, pastors, politicians, pro-life leaders, uh, journalists, um, these people we're calling Tier 1 and Tier 2 leaders, mm -hmm. people with significant large platforms who can then promote and encourage hundreds of other people to come and see the movie when it hits cinemas. Um, so we want to give those people a preview of the movie. I've seen the movie, and it is just wonderful. The Some of the bad press ab about it and some of the bad reputation is entirely undeserved. There's no way it's an R18 movie. It's not even an MA movie. Uh, you see far worse in your average action um, blockbuster. But this is all done very tastefully, very compassionately, um, and... And it's a human story that tells the truth, and, and Abby Johnson describes it as a love letter to the abortion industry. But the important thing is that we have as many influences as possible in Australia getting everybody ready to go, and so they will then go to that. Most of the public events, uh, and it's it's constantly being updated, but most of the public events are, sorry, private events for leaders are listed on unplanned.com. Uh, now, the private event, sorry, I'm getting confused. The public event, which is available for everybody, uh, is listed on davepello.com slash events. And that's uh, 6.30 p.m. Wednesday afternoon next week. Well, Lorraine was telling us just how significant the opposition to a film like this has been in the U.S. And despite that, there was this wonderful uh, box office success when the film hit the cinemas. Uh, interestingly, an R rating on the film uh, when people do everything to try and stop this film uh, from being 
received by the general public. Uh, this idea of, uh, you know, maybe being stopped from going because it's R-rated. Uh, some people will say, well, I wouldn't go to an R-rated film. Uh, others will say, well, the fact that it's R-rated means I need to go and see this because someone is trying to hide something from me. The wool is being pulled over my eyes. In order to uh, be part of this sort of grassroots that is, uh, there's uh, the aim to grow that grassroots movement here in Australia, at Christie, uh, people can go to a Facebook group and be a part of how they can keep informed about what's coming with the development of this grassroots around the, the film. Yeah, that's right, Neil. Well, we've um, on Facebook we've set up a Unplanned Australia group. Um, we launched it last week, and overnight we had almost five thousand followers um, just wanting to know what is happening. And so, what we've done is we're releasing um, information, um, up to date information on that group. If you want to know what's going on with the film, when is it coming, what's happening. Um, we're updating everyone. We're kind of giving you like a backstage pass, so to speak, um, on this group to let you know what's going on. And we're also releasing information and um, training kind of thing. If you've never entered this conversation before, um, what our idea was was to really kind of like just grow a culture of life and love to speak love into this because there's a lot of heated discussions around this. So we kind of wanted to just on that page open it up for discussion and make it available to you to learn and know what's happening. As Dave said, uh, considered something of a love letter to the abortion industry and you were so close to the actors and actresses in the filming of Unplanned, Christy. Is that the way it comes across to you? What's the feeling that you get? Because uh, you were there a part of you know, what was going on with the production of this film. Is it, is it done in that spirit or is it, you know, because as you say, there's so much controversy. People think there is so much antagonism. Uh, sometimes you've got to uh, shout to be heard, but uh, a love letter to the abortion industry. That's an interesting way to describe it. Definitely. And just to clarify, I was kind of post-production. So just to the beginning of the year, I became affiliated with them through prayer. But um, it definitely, when I saw it, it really spoke to my heart because the one thing that I've noticed in this pro-life um, conversation is people get angry. I, I think on either side of the conversation, we can get so angry and we can so easily demonize those on the opposite side to us. Mm. And what I believe this film does is it portrays them in such a beautiful way that, hey, they're actually like, they're a li- their life as well. They're worthy of living and they're worthy of love as well, these people that are on the other side of this conversation and this debate. And I believe it opens up that debate so that we can actually talk about this in a way that's, um, you know, just loving. We're not demonizing these people. We're not, um, you know, antagonizing them, but actually saying, hey, there's a better way. There's a better strategy for this. Uh, come back to you, Dave Pello, because there is a very practical aspect of this. And this is not a campaign strategy as much as it is raising awareness for people because we've got a federal election seriously uh, tomorrow week. And we do have uh, what is usually a state issue, which has become a federal issue, and it is a Labor platform, and I imagine supported strongly by the Greens, uh, to support the public funding of abortions in our public hospitals all over Australia. Some people are absolutely shocked and they would say, well, how could that happen? Uh, this has been one of those things that's been kept off in the, you know, off to the side, uh, you know, abortion clinics. And, you know, here are people who are uh, protesting outside abortion clinics and the bubble zone laws and uh, high court mm. decisions, all sorts of things like that. And the shock that people are having, 
to think that our taxpayer dollars are going to be paying for abortions, mm. putting not only uh, those women in uh, into uh, a public uh, setting where uh, their abortion will be paid for by taxpayers' dollars, but also the pressure on those doctors and nursing staff to participate in something that sometimes their conscience is against. But we've got an election in just over a week's time, and this is something that needs to be raised to the fore, that there is one side of politics that does have this as their platform, and that's a challenge for us. Yeah, it, it is one side of politics, and more if, it, more than ever before, it's easy for us to find a an issue which which sorts out those people that uh, would support the kind of government that God wills for Australia uh, and those who don't, those who oppose that. And this is actually really important. If we mean it when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done mm-hmm. on earth, here and now, as it is in heaven. And that, if we mean that prayer, that has to affect our lives today, including the way we vote and interact with politicians. Now, your average major party sophisticated politician is going to say, this isn't a federal election issue, this is a state issue. That's what they always say. Um, and it's never been less true. I mean, it's always true that it's a federal election issue because it's federal election taxpayer funds that pays for the abortion issues. Now, the the state laws are a state issue, so in that sense they're right, but you have to pin them down and let them know that if Labor is elected in government, this will come before the parliament and they will be asked to vote one way or the other. Will they make abortion more liberalised or will they leave the laws as they are? Um, and what we're looking for... Um, I believe God's word's very clear, is people that will oppose injustice. Okay, we're taking calls. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Jim, who's joining us on the line. Hello, Jim. Welcome along. Yes, good morning. Great topic. Uh, mm. Very relevant. Uh, with regards to, I've been doing a little bit of pre-polling, um, but it surprised me that I went around and asked individual people that were there with their handing out of vote cards what, who they're preferencing. And it was very important because one one independent person who looks after is preparing that's in in Queensland uh, looks after the welfare of kids, and yet her her preferencing is about killing babies with with green with the Greens and the Labor Party. Now, to me, that that doesn't make sense. And people think, oh, that lady here, yeah, she she's got a reputation with looking after kids, but the reality is not truthful. And the other thing is too, I wanted to find out who the Liberal senators were, and I've rung up the Liberal officers to find out what the, if I could speak, speak to them, but I can't get any, any response. So I don't know whether those Liberal people, and one and two, is, is the people with my sort of values. How do I find that out? Yes, Has Dave well, got that on his website? Dave, what is on your website that might give people a little more information about the sorts of people, the candidates they're voting for? Uh, well, those candidates should be on the major party websites, and I, I believe they are, but they're definitely listed on my website. Um, one of my, my um, websites for Christians is churchandstate.com.au slash ausvotes2019. Now, that's A-U-S-V-O-T-E-S 2019, churchandstate.com.au slash ausvotes2019. Now, I've got the contact email address for every candidate in Australia there, including senators. Uh, so you'll be able to ask them directly. Um, a non-answer is a bad answer. Um, if they don't feel they can answer you in a way that encourages you to vote for them, they will simply ignore you most of the time. 
Dave, let me ask you about Jim and his comment about preferences because we've seen in some earlier elections the way that preferencing has almost been manipulative and mm. uh, we feel like somehow or other uh, we're being manipulated because of the preference flows that the parties choose. Uh, you've got some thoughts on preferences and the way we ought to be addressing our ballot papers. Yeah, it's very important to understand preferences and preferencing. Uh, the number one thing is that nobody controls your vote. You choose your own preferences. Uh, and that's why I encourage people to contact their every candidate, not just the ones they like, but every single candidate, um, because even your questions will influence them. But you need to choose your own preferences and not take a how-to-vote card from anybody unless you're not prepared to put the work in to um, choose who the best representative is, which I would recommend you do put the work in. It's not going to take more than an hour. Uh, but the other thing is that sometimes preferences are a reflection of strategy as opposed to value. So don't put too much stock in what recommendations various candidates are placing. Again, there's no replacement for simply asking them the question directly. How will you vote on this issue? Jim, thank you so much for your input. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. Christy, let me come back to you for a moment because it's all very well to talk about uh, politics and uh, voting, ballots, all of those sorts of things. But let's come back to something which is at the heart Mm -hmm. of the issue here, the heart of God when it comes to the unborn. Uh, We know that we're created in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. That's what gives us as humanity true value. Yeah. because we are created by God in his image. But uh, the heart of God for the unborn, this is something you love to talk about. Yeah. Give us some insights from your perspective. Look, I keep thinking of the scripture, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Speak up for the voiceless. And the unborn, they're voiceless. They don't have a voice. And I believe God's calling the church to arise and become the voice for the uh, for the voiceless because they're unable to speak for themselves. And I just, I really feel like the heart of God right now, speaking to those that are listening, is courage. I just keep hearing that as we're sitting here, that I believe the Lord wants to impart courage to those of you that are new to this conversation. Perhaps you're scared because it kind of can be a scary topic. You're like, well, if I speak up, my family are going to jump all down my throat kind of thing. Um, but I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to come um, upon you in courage and in might to speak on behalf of those that cannot speak for themselves. And that also includes when we're politically voting as well, that we mm. can use that as a part of our voice to speak for them. But just creating conversations on online, on social media, with our family and friends, and just to be able to speak for those that cannot speak for themselves and begin creating conversations in love, but just be able to confront the truth in love. Let's take another call. Angela is joining us from Victoria. Hello, Angela. Welcome. Yeah, hi. What were your thoughts, Angela? Oh, I just wanted to inject something here that is not spoken of widely, and that is that I was a student nurse back in the mid-'80s when it was still hospital-based. And at that time, I was actually looking after patients that were having abortions in the hospital system. And it was more widespread than what anyone would admit and we even had the nickname of a stop which was a surgical termination of pregnancy so it's not something new it was actually slid in under the radar with creative paperwork on the reasoning given for the abortion 
So there's some deceptive things that have happened in the past and yes. uh, and young women have had abortions in public hospitals for years, but it's not called an abortion. And that's what you're saying. What about right. you're saying, did you say you were caring for women who had uh, who were in the hospital after their abortion? What sort of things did oh, you no, perceive? Even beforehand, <laughs> okay. um, the mm. most striking one to me was a young teenager who needed her father's permission to have the surgery. And it was actually when I was had a con- when I had a conversation with her beforehand, she was saying that she didn't want this done. Mm. That she would actually she had been shipped away from her local area to have it done in a public hospital away from home, so that no one would let people within her local community know. And she didn't want to have it done. And no one had advised her that she. Although she needed her father's permission to have it, and actually he was forcing her to have it, mm. she didn't have to still have it, that she still had the right to refuse the surgery. And the fact that I told her that put my student nursing at risk, and I nearly lost my position as a student nurse because of it and just got through on the skin of my teeth. Wow. Angela, thank you so much for mm. calling in and sharing that because this issue of coercion is one that can't be legislated uh, because when it's the boyfriend or a husband or indeed oftentimes the parents who are forcing young women to have abortions, uh, that is heartbreaking because young women in this time, uh, Christy, I'd like your comment mm. here, are very vulnerable yeah. and you know they're taken by surprise. Yeah. They don't know what to do. They're getting advice from all sectors. And this issue of coercion is very, very powerful. Yeah. And uh, after the uh, abortion, clearly then that's when the trauma sets in and the regret, why have I done what I've done? You know, there's a there's a scene in the in the film of Unplanned that really spoke to me. It was very powerful, and it's it shows women who have just been through the abortion procedure, many of them young. And you would have seen this, David, um, where they're all lined up and they're sitting there lined up, and they just look slumped over and just completely void of life. And there's you know blood dripping down their legs. Sorry to be brutal, but. They're just in this state. And I remember thinking, this isn't women's empowerment. And that's the lie that has been spoken, the narrative that this is an empowerment, this is empowering. And I don't think you ever see a woman walking into an abortion clinic feeling empowered. In fact, I think she's been pushed there into a place of disempowerment. And she's like, I've got no other options. And a lot of them are just lied to and said, this is your empowerment. This is your right. But I don't believe any woman truly, if she was to truly think about it, it never feels like a right. It always feels like it's a disempowerment, and that's, I believe, why the church is mm. necessary. It's so necessary Absolutely. for the church to speak up Absolutely. and be the voice of light there. Thank you so much to Angela in Victoria. <clears throat> Let's take another call and not uh, too much time left in our conversation. Bill is on the line from Ararat in Victoria. Hello, Bill. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, now, Angela's right. She's on the money. Fifty years ago, there was abortions going on in Australia in public hospitals. And I, and I even know about one that was actually, would you believe it, eight and a half months and mm. had an abortion. So yes. that's number one. Number two, with the separation of church and state, there's no such thing from Genesis to Revelation on separation of church and state, and there's no such doctrine. In, there's no doctrine in the church on earthly rule, which is in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Now, abortion used to be murder, and yet... Why is it now legal today? Because my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why doesn't the church know 
what the Bible says about earthly rule. God established the government to take care of marriage and education, which covers a lot, and we the church have just let it go. Bill, you're speaking some common sense there, and uh, we might ask that question, that in this wider secularised society, why people are not recognising that there is a biblical truth here, that that little life in the womb is a human life. Mm. And uh, somehow or other, we've had the wool pulled over our eyes, and we've said that's not the killing of a little human life. Uh, Dave Pello, you're passionate about this. Uh, your response for Bill, because uh, he was saying some pretty powerful things there. Yeah, look, it's uh, absolutely a Christian doctrine, a, a biblical doctrine that God created authority and he created government. He created the government of uh, nations, the government of churches, the government of family and the government of ourself. Um, and all of those things have boundaries and when they transgress those boundaries... Um, then we see corruption and abuse of power, oppression and injustice. Uh, and, you know, nobody has the right to end an innocent human life. Uh, that's not a God-given right. Um, there's no such thing. Bill from Ararat, thank you so much for your call. We'll have to put a line under any more calls there, running out of time. But just to spend these last couple of minutes uh, reinforcing how you can participate or some sort of action that you can take when it comes to this issue of abortion. We did talk through issues of the election coming up next week. Uh, how your preferences flow will be very important there. We've been talking about the film called Unplanned, a box office success in the US, but primarily because of a grassroots movement that raised up, not because there was wonderful publicity and everybody thought it was a great movie to go and see. In fact, it was tried to be shut down at every turn and and still it was a success in the box office. Let me say that there are some details for how you can find out about the leaders meetings that are on tonight in Sydney, on in Brisbane on Wednesday next week and in Melbourne on Thursday. You'll get some details there at unplanned.com. The public event, which you can go to for people who are listening in southeast Queensland or northern New South Wales, you could find your way to Brisbane. You'll get details of that public event at davepello.com. And there is a Facebook group that no matter where you are, all around Australia, if you're on Facebook, you can be a part of the Unplanned Australia Facebook group. Search for Unplanned Australia and you'll be able to get details as to how that film, when it is released, how you can see it, get a hold of it and use it as a resource in your own community, in your local church uh, or with family or friends that you have those connections to. I want to say thank you so much to our two remaining guests. We did have Lorraine Varela on earlier. She's written a very, very powerful guide that goes along with the film called Unplanned. Uh, but other guests in the studio today, prayer intercessor Christy Johnston from Brisbane and, of course, Dave Pello, the founder of the Church and State Summits, uh, to Christy and to Dave. Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.